This is Live with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. But a bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a planet fucker? the telephones are ringing. Overload mode in the 21st century. Driving home with my hand on the cell phone. Pulling over, turning up, and dialing to my fingers. No, he lies This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Yeah, well, we are live. Oh, hold on. Oh, holy, holy mackerel. Seven, five, five. Seven, five. We should do it. We should do a, uh, a, a rap song. Seven, called seven, five, five. Seven, so, 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 seven, so, 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 seven, five, 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 five. Anyway, I'm annoying already. It's nine minutes after five o'clock on a Friday show. Here from the, uh, live from the AM 1240 studios. Who is it? Mike Harvey? It wasn't Paul Harvey. I'm trying to do that guy from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Get ready for uh, the Golden Oldies Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, on eighty-one, and every now and then I'll get a, uh, you know, when I'm south of here, I, I I tune into the the dinosaur, and there's a term used in in radio called puking. Jim Levin swears that every, everyone that works outside this building pukes all the time. He's mistaken. But in this particular case, this guy uh, working at the, uh, the dinosaur, the dinosaur, playing music that you love. And, and, and he said, he's just, my God, he pukes. And I also heard that John Carucci is, is still on the air. John Carucci was on the air when I was in Oswego State in the early 80s. I did a, I did a, uh, I called up one of the wing wagon places. And I said, this is John Carucci. And, and uh, they were, oh, hi, John. How you doing? They, yeah, I did this from my dorm room. My friends thought I was crazy. We voted you the best chicken wing. Oh, thank you. And then I put him on, I, 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 you know, this was crazy. I feel bad about this years later. But at the time when you're about 20 years old, you didn't care. But John Carucci's still on the air. That's unbelievable. He's probably got an ISDN line in his, in, from his kitchen, and he makes like $40 a day or something. But he's still on the air. God bless him. Uh, if you, today I'm solo. There is absolutely nobody calling in. I know we had some concerns with some of the callers, uh, you know, saying you got guests in. We want to hear more local stuff, this, that, the other thing. I get it. And I actually have a lot of freedom on days when I have nothing or no one rather coming in or calling in. But I got to admit, talking to a Dr. Michael Schwartz, I believe, what was it, uh, Tuesday show, that was an eye-opener. And I got a lot of compliments on that. I, and I know it was, it was a longer-than-normal conversation, but how often do you have an opportunity, at least on this show, uh, to speak with, uh, with an author, uh, a clinic owner, a doctor in a sense, and he clarified that. He, he's not, a, he's not a, a medical doctor, if you will, but he, obviously very smart. And uh, the guy wrote a book about Fauci's fiction. So I, 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 everything he said, I, I, I can talk to a guy like that forever. I really can. And, uh, I, and, and I said this the other day. I wish I uh, asked about his political allegiance. It does sound as if he had some conservatism in it. Or he wouldn't have written the book. 
But that said, and this is this is the I'll pivot to the next thing. I was listening once again, and, and Jim Levin hates it when I say this. I was listening to the Glenn Beck show, and they were talking about this book that came out six years ago called Rising Star, written by a liberal author, or yeah, someone uh, certainly not a conservative, who essentially outed uh, former president, or should I say, <laughs> third term president Barack Obama in many many ways. And uh, the discussion today is zeroed in on, on Barack Obama's uh, uh, first, I guess, serious relationship, a long-lasting relationship prior to Michelle Robinson, as we know as Michelle Obama. And she was a white woman. And I believe she was also Jewish. And there was a big, big rift in that relationship as a result of, of, of her grandparents or something or other having to do with Ger- Germany during the Holocaust. And he broke up with her. And other suggestions that, you know, Barack Obama may be homosexual. I mean, again, I shouldn't say that. I should be taken off the air for saying that. Like I, and, and by the way, I don't care. But I bring this up because this book came out six years ago. Even, even Glenn Beck was saying, why, why didn't we, meaning himself, uh, investigate this and interview this person or the author who wrote it? He's kind of like a Matt Taibbi, you know, a conser- uh, 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 certainly not a conservative a liberal writer, a, a real journalist who, despite uh, his own political allegiance six years ago, prior to COVID, he's like, no, I'm a writer first. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm you know, basically saying, I, I'm, I'm assuming he, he thought that way because he wrote against his own political party. And you know that that's a, that you don't do that these days. You don't do it. Even if you have, you know, some type of dirt on a Democratic congressman, senator, uh, president, for that matter, or president's son, you don't say a darn word. You just look the other way, because the world is always better when you know you wake up each and every morning and you put your underwear on one leg at a time, which we do, by the way. Oh, and uh, Donald Trump is not your president. So eye-opening uh, discussions today, which I hope that we have right here on the Live at Five show. Let's go to the phone to see who's there. Oh, someone was there. Dip 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 dip. I was singing this when I was driving around today. I was like, nobody knows what the pain I'm feeling. I'm sorry. It's just one of those songs that popped up. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, Glenn. Thanks for having uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz on the air this yes. past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I was so impressed with the interview that you had with him that I went and got the book. It just arrived. I mean, I'm oh, nice. looking forward to getting into his book, Fauci's Fiction, the book on COVID. Yeah. So thanks for having him on the air. Oh, thank you. And when you, did you read it yet? No, it just arrived. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought you might have been like a speed reader or something. Uh, it's not a very big book, uh, and um, which is good for, for people like me, despite the fact that I have a copy of my own, and I still didn't read it. I read, I read it from, I read from cover to cover. It's just I didn't read anything in between. But I, I, I did have a good understanding of what the book was all about, and an understanding of who Michael Schwartz is all about. And I went from there. So yeah, I appreciate you, uh, you, you going out. I, I'm, I'm assuming Michael probably looked at the numbers after the interview to see if, if his Amazon numbers went up. I'm sure he's got access to that. But uh, yeah. you're at least one. That's a good sign. Okay, keep up the good work there on Wealth Ave. Thank have you, sir. Weekend. Have a great weekend, sir. Uh, he's a good man. He's a real good guy. He's, uh, I believe he's at Ives, if I'm not mistaken. And I was supposed to read something about Ives from our, our good friend and promotional and activities director at Ives Retirement Home. That's Mr. Johnny Tunstill. You know him as Johnny Keegan. And I'll grab my phone during the commercial break, and I'll share that with you. Hopefully I haven't missed a day yet. So there was a really bad accident on June 10th of this past, just a month, you know, almost two months ago now, 
Can you believe it? It's August 4th already. This time last year, I was in Kansas City. Kansas City! Kansas City! Here I come! Uh, and it was the hottest day, uh, two days of my life. And the following day, after a night without air conditioning, in Kansas City, across some uh, 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 Arrowhead Field. Boy, what a dump Kansas City looks like. At least where those stadiums are. To think that they have a Super Bowl franchise, I mean, legacy uh, team there. Uh, but, ooh, boy, just no way would I be living in Kansas City. And then the next night we went to St. Louis. And here, there's another place I ain't moving to. I'm not moving anywhere. But if I really, if someone put a gun to my head, I don't know. I'd rather move to Canada. And no one's moving to Canada these days. Get that. Get to that in a bit. Higher in the air. So what I wanted to say is uh, this guy uh, in Sandy Creek, man, it's on News Junkie, arrested following an investigation of a, fa- of a fatal accident. Uh, he killed uh, a couple or at least re- people related to each other in a vehicle. One was 66, the other 62. A drunker than a, you know, uh, uh, just sad, sad story. And I hate seeing that. I just hope that, you know, the audience that I have out here right now, we all drive at some time or another. You know, things can kill us. You can have a bad diet. You can have bad genes. You could, uh, you know, you, you can live in, in Chicago and have a bunch of uh, teenagers, teenagers run in on a Walgreens and beat the crap out of you just because they wanted to and get away with it. A lot of things can happen to a person, either where they get harmed or they die of some type of disease. Or for that matter, the, uh, you know, the booster shot caught up to you and you just had an inflamed heart and you're on stage one day and you planked out and you died. And then you went viral. Wouldn't that awful? Wouldn't that be awful? To, I went viral. Yeah, what happened? Oh, I died. Uh, but I went viral at the same time. So I always wanted to go viral. So, uh, but it's the worst to me is sudden death by car crash. And I, and I again, I, I kid about my, my own ability to drive because I'm very careful. Uh, but I, I'm no slowpoke by any means because that could kill you too. And when you're overly defensive, like my father was, I still don't know how he survived. Um, but he did. But he got worse as he got older. But just look out out there, and and this this I, I don't know if this happened during the day or at night, but this guy crossed the line, and that is a head-on collision. And if you'll ask anyone, including uh, uh, Attorney Joe Stanley, he'll be he'll be the first one to tell you head-on collisions are the worst, or T-boned, meaning you know you're getting the bulk of the physics of of inertia and centrifugal force. You're getting everything. You're getting impact. So there's a picture of him, and again, I don't want to pass judgment, but uh, not a very flattering photo of this guy. But uh, from Sandy Creek, it happened on the 10th, and uh, he's up on manslaughter charges. Other stuff going on you'll have to help me out with. I missed the hotline show today. Higher in the air. Yeah, Glenn. Yeah. Um, another um, idea yeah. why this country's in, in trouble, and like me and you have said before, we don't think we're going to, uh, at least in our lifetime, get the country back. Um, did you happen to hear the um, the interview with the uh, new black uh, mayor of Chicago? No, but I'm familiar with what he's been saying lately. All right. Did you hear him? You didn't hear him say uh, they asked him the question yesterday. They said, you know, because crime, uh, murders, theft have gone sky high, even worse than it was. And the one uh, reporter says, what do you think about the... Uh, mobs that are ripping apart our stores and all that. And he goes, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, I didn't say mobs. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to say, it's a gathering. Hmm. 
I, I heard teen takeover. The yeah. trouble that this country is in mm-hmm. when mobs, and they're in black neighborhoods with black people, destroying their own stores, right. robbing the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. How far is this country going to go? How deep are we going to go before it's destroyed and it has to start over again? When their own mayor saw the mob doing what they did, called them a gathering, not a mob. Right, right. Uh, well, can I, I'll make some predictions here. One, Lori Lightfoot was ousted after one term, the first time, I believe, in over 60 years in the city of Chicago, even longer than that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mayor Johnson, uh, the big teeth uh, guy, because he's always smiling. I always see his teeth. He's got good teeth, by the way, but he shouldn't be smiling about his city of Chicago. I will go out on a limb and say that he will be uh, at least a two, maybe three-term mayor. I don't know what their terms are there, but he will be there and he will be heralded as the hero of Chicago with statements like he made yesterday that you just stated. That's what I'm saying. When I heard that, I just, I couldn't believe it. But, that he didn't want to admit how bad Chicago is. They said they averaged over uh, two murders a day. Right, right. Not, not including the uh, tens of shootings every single week, plus into the weekend. And um, he just wouldn't admit it. Let me ask you, you know, that. Let, and, let me and after saying that, yeah. I just said, "Boy, we are lost." Let me, let me ask just, you something. Can I, let me let me interject because you're a smart guy. Why are you surprised by what he said? Well, I, you know, as as bad as Chicago and all Democratic cities run by Democratic people are in the same shape, and it just. Uh, I didn't think he would go that far when they're showing pictures of hundreds, I mean hundreds. Oh, I saw the video. Of people destroying the store, stealing mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. to tell a reporter it's not a mob. Right. It's right. a gathering. What is, there's something mentally wrong with that man. To say it's a gathering? That's the I way. I thought when yeah. I go to my son's, uh, birthday party with everybody that's a gathering right right you know it just upset me i'm i've been waiting all day to to uh, talk to you about it and see Hmm. how you thought thanks thank you my friend well this is well first of all there's other video of uh, of a of an african-american gotta be real careful here uh stealing cigarettes from uh from a bodega and this is operated by uh, men from persia i don't know i have no idea where they're from they were turbans it's none of my business where they're from and uh, they allowed the guy to do it to a degree, and then they started, uh, one guy finally got the guy, and a lot of these people go in without guns, which is kind of shocking, because they're, they're so careless about, you know, they're careless and carefree, I should say, about walking into a Nike store. They don't go in and get diapers, they don't, they're, not, they're not looking for formula. This guy was stealing cigarettes, and ultimately he was either going to smoke some and sell the rest. And uh, one guy got him in a headlock, and another guy hit him repeatedly at least 20 times with a stick. Most of the times it was defrayed from the guy's foot. And, you, and, and believe it or not, yes, I do have compassion for someone getting hit over the body with a stick. Uh, but the guy was, you know, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing now. He's okay. But, you know, these guys, first of the, the guys out, you know, who work, who work these 24-7 places and aren't white uh, they're the ones that are really stepping up to the plate. Don't mess around with foreigners who came here on a raft, who came here with nothing, 
and gathered all their money and sold all whatever they had from some crappy family relationship or dowry generations ago to come over here, start a business, run it 24-7, and then have some thug come in and casually... Yeah, the guy actually brought in a, a, a garbage pail on wheels. So he was just shuffling all these uh, packages of cigarettes into the garbage pail and then moving it on wheels to the next section, getting away with it, until finally someone said, no mas, or whatever language they speak, and repeated, and the one guy was punching him in the face. The question is, does that get through? To, you know, and, and then there's several questions here. One, will the guy do it again? Well, he probably will. He just won't go to that place. Secondly, he probably is probably is already out of jail. And and thirdly, and this is the most important. This goes back to that caller. The people that don't want to see that at all aren't represented in that video at all. They're the white liberals that look at these bodega owners as fierce, terrible, awful people. You're supposed to call the police. You're supposed to just sit there and do absolutely nothing. You could have gotten hurt. Look what you're doing to that man. Don't you know he might be mentally ill? Yeah, he's stealing a bunch of cigarettes. He's mentally ill. They're the enemy. They're the people promoting all this. They're the people, and by the way, if you watch, I believe it was Tucker or whatever, one of the shows in Fox prior to Tucker being, I can't remember, it doesn't really matter. But they had a guy, an insider from Chicago, who said the majority of people that voted for this guy Johnson, this bum, this new mayor that, that took over, for the worst mayor in Chicago history, Lori Lightfoot, most of them were, yes, you guessed it, people from the, the, the south side or whatever crappy town is in Chicago. They voted for him. And do you know who else voted for him? Rich, white, elite Democrats. And there's a lot of them on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, from what I understand. And they voted this guy in because they want to topple our democracy. They love George Soros. And they think that just allowing this kind of uh, anarchy in the streets would be the, ultimately would reverse itself if you just allow people to be people and they could work it all out. Because remember, what the liberals are saying is that we put these people in that situation, which is why they, they, they act out the way they do. A bunch of teenage kids going into a Walgreens and having a free-for-all for the place. And we see that countless number of times. And then, of course, Jason Aldean, uh, a fat little country guy with his music is, is okay, to say the least. Country music, in my opinion, sucks. And yet Jason Aldean comes out with one crappy song after another, just like Taylor Swift. No hook. Not, you have to listen to the words and be inspired by it. There's no music anymore. But to his credit came out with a song this past May about not my name, not my small town, not going to happen. And no one cared about it. But then he put the visual to the, uh, to the words, to the lyrics of the song and released that about four weeks ago. And all the white liberals went, oh, you're racist. Look, how could you say that? And all they did was went on YouTube and searched for people being crazy and creating riots, lighting fires. And we're not even going, I don't even think any of that video went back to 2020. It's probably from last, the week that they produced it. You're not supposed to do that. That's just pointing the finger and make, you know, blaming it on them. You have to remember it's our fault. Actually, no, it's the Republicans' fault. You put them there. You racist. You put guns in their hands, too. And, and, and the sad part about it is the liberal base loves it. And yet other people, including our friend SG, who will probably be calling in about 30 seconds before today's show ends, who says, Clint, what do you care about Chicago? What do you care about? What do you care about drag people, you know, showing off their butt cheeks in front of a five-year-old? What do you care about that, Glenn? And just like that caller said, you know, he, and I agree with him. 
and I've, I've been espousing it myself. I don't know where America is. I certainly know where it's going. But one thing I'm really concerned about, it's not coming back, folks. The white elites are, have taken over. And the number one enemy to the Democratic Party is yours truly and white conservatives. We saw it. I've, I'll say it until the day I die. When, when uh, 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 President Joe Biden stood in front of Independence Hall in October 2022 just to have a live press conference, which he hasn't done that much in the last two plus years, hasn't done it all, but he spent enough time in Philadelphia, a crappy town, by the way, saying how dangerous the Glenn Currys of the world are and we should look out for them. Are we, are we the people that are going to storm the cockpit? Are we going to blow up a courthouse? No, but we're the people that love our guns, and, and as a result of it, the country's gone down the you-know-what. That's how they look at it, unfortunately, folks. I hate to—I was talking to someone today, and they said, let's get Glenn involved in this political uh, discussion. And I just said, okay, this is how I feel. Bing, the bing, the bing, the bing, bada, bada, bing, bada, 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 bing. I said, okay, Glenn, we're depressed now. Well, let's move on to another uh, topic. I said, what you want in my opinion— I said simply, and I, I said today, uh, today is not as bad as tomorrow, and the next day is worse. And that pattern goes on and on and on. When it comes back, I don't know. Divine intervention, aliens from space, the, the return of Jesus Christ. Even if he did, I'm sure he'd, he'd be vilified. Oh, you again? <laughs> You're terrible. I bet you you have a gun too, Jesus. Anyway, let's do a break. You're listening to the Live at Five show. It's at the bottom of the hour or close to it. And we'll be back right after these messages. Rick and Paige heard about our summer Welcome back. Our second half of today's show. I'm looking at Daily Mail. Um, it's all about Donald Trump, of course. Daily Mail is in the middle of the road, actually. I don't know what side they're on. They're out of Britain. I mean, if, if a celebrity takes a last breath other than Daily Mail and, uh, and uh, Carrie Plumpton, well, I should say Kerry Plumpton first, then Daily Mail. They'll be there to report it. In fact, today, the actor from Scarface, it's on News Junkie, passed away at age 83. He's the guy, he's the, he's the hitman in Scarface. He's, he did a ton of other things. Great actor, Italian guy, great look, uh, great career. God bless him as well. Uh, but he passed away. So, all right, we got a phone call, but I'll get to this article in a bit. It talks about how the judge yesterday in crappy Washington, D.C. referred to uh, President Trump as Mr. Trump. Just another measure to debase uh, the Trump uh, legacy. Hi, you're in the air. Hi, uh, Mr. Curry. Uh, this is your non-lawyer friend. Yeah. Uh, I want to call and congratulate uh, you had Michael Schwartz. Believe it or not, there was a professor at JCC in 1966 or 68 or uh, when I was there uh, named Michael Schwartz. I wonder if there's any relation. Uh, well, so, no, I, I doubt it. <laughs> there's a lot of Schwartz yeah, out there. Let the Schwartz be yeah, with you. Yeah. No, anyway, um, I've listened. I tried to listen um, to, let's see, there was Wednesday, Thursday, today's Friday. Yeah. There hasn't been too much um, that I know of. Now, I, I didn't hear everything. Uh, anybody calling in re- uh, uh, refuting what uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Schwartz no. had to say about COVID. No, we haven't. No. It was, I, I'll tell you, they, I think you did a wonderful job and a wonderful service to this, this community. Um, and he, he is, is, is put his name on the line. Yeah, he did. Um, Lost a lot of money, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only that, he, he, what he's saying is a total contribution, uh, 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 a uh, total uh, contradiction. Of what, uh, yeah. You were wondering why people are thinking the way they're thinking, or like Chicago. 
it goes back to at least uh, the late 50s, uh, 45 goals of communism. Then uh, he died in 1972 of Solomonsky's Rules for Radicals, mm-hmm. which is, and then uh, the Cloward Piven Project. And people are hypnotized. Um, you know, Trump bad, Trump bad, Trump bad. Sure. Okay, what, what, what is bad about the policies of $2 a gallon gas compared to $4 a gallon gas? What, what, what's bad about that? Nothing. Nothing uh, at all. I mean, all these things, you ask them, well, why do you hate Trump so much? Right. Well, I just hate him. Right. Oh, he's just awful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they're, they're hypnotized. Right. It's mass formation psychosis. Sure. And uh, there's no logic, and you can't talk to these people. And then, <laughs> I have some in my own family. No, I'm sure you and, do. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it hurts. It really. It well, let me let me interject something here. Everything you just said, especially when you said you can't talk to them and they don't make any sense. Do you know how they think about you? Oh yeah, I know how they thought. They they think that um, they want to censor me, and oh, all you talk about is uh, uh, COVID or FDA or, or the, gas uh, prices or inflation or jobs or or, yeah, or strength yeah. or no wars. Yeah. That's all you want to talk about. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or no, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know? I mean, I feel like there's absolutely no. See, when I grew up during the '50s and '60s. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a liberal of the '60s. Right. Which pushed me to the right of the tiller of the hunt today. Yeah, just like I, RFK I, Jr. I, sure. Yeah. We determined in 2009 could not run as Republicans because he'd be too conservative. No. Well, we but, see that uh, with uh, yeah, we see that with uh, RFK Jr. He he can't run as a Democrat because he's not woke enough. He's he's not left yeah. of center enough. Yeah. I just hope and pray he and President Trump do not end up with lead poisoning. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, but Zelensky yeah. will live on forever, and uh, that war will will go on for probably for years. Yeah. But the enthusiasm, uh, like like you say in uh, Chicago, you said the he'll probably be a second term or third term mayor. He's definitely more popular um, than Gore, Lord, uh, Lori Lightfoot, and the only reason why I put Lori, put Lori Lightfoot in that category is because she just looked like an alien, and yes, and I'm, the, there's one group of people that really don't want to be represented by someone that really doesn't represent them well. It's someone that looks like Lori Lightfoot. So this guy Johnson is worse than Lori Lightfoot, but because he looks like a you know just a gentle soul from the south side of Chicago and says nice things about a bunch of teenage thugs, He'll be there for as long as he wants. Fact. Uh, well, the, the whole thing, the premise of Cloward Piven project is to destroy the whole system and start all over again. Yeah, I don't, I don't particularly agree. I got to go right now. I got another call. I don't agree with that. I just think that it's convenient uh, just to, to let urban America be urban America. And as long as they vote for you every two or four years, that really that's all that matters. And that, that, that's how lazy the, the liberals are. It's an easy way to maintain sustained power. That's all. That's all. There is to it. But I got to get going. But thank you, lawyer friend. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you. Hi, you're in the air. Dallas. I can hear Hello, someone. Glenn? Yes, what's happening? Yeah, apologize for calling uh, the second time. But to two for Friday. Show today, you said you were going to share some communication with, with uh, Johnny Keegan. And, yes, uh, oh, yeah, boy, I tell you what, this guy should be my producer. Let me find it out. It's something that happened there or, or it will be happening there. Uh, it, it, I have to search for it. because Here it is. Here it is. Okay. All right, thank you. I'm going to – All right, there, thank you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, so let me, let me do this. Okay, so Johnny Tunstall King Keegan wrote the following. The Ives Hill, when is this? Oh, it's August 23rd, so, so we have a lot of time here. So I'll save it for another day. No, just kidding. The Ives Hill golf, uh, golf ball drop. Big money. You can win Wednesday, August 23rd. 
Uh, right at Ives Hill Retirement Community, you don't have to be there to win. You can take a chance and help out. One golf ball is $5. I like that $5 commercial, by the way, they do with uh, with Abe Lincoln. $5. Well, this gets $5. Uh, five, five golf balls for 20 bucks. 15 golf balls for 50 30 golf balls for $100. So let's face it. This is a good—I like this. Because you got to buy golf balls, right? What's, what's uh, golf without balls? What's tennis without balls? Well, I can tell you. Uh, credit card, check, money order, cash, fa- uh, Facebook pay, or, or Venmo, whatever. There's 16 ways to pay for anything these days. Uh, and just uh, reach out to Jonathan Tunstall. Uh, thank you so much for helping my seniors. It means the world to John. I tell you what, Johnny Keegan's in a good place. He's out of radio for one, and he's help. He's 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 uh, enjoying his job, which which is always helpful. Even a five dollar donation helps. And uh, you never know. Hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little inside joke. All right, let's go to the phones. See who's there. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn, what's going on? It's uh, Jason Trainer. What's happening? Yeah, I try to call you. You don't. You don't answer. Well, and then I'm sorry. I I hung up on you last week when we had a, a, a in in house guest. But anyway, uh, Jason, good to hear from you again. You too. You miss me? Oh, of course I miss you. How can I miss I, you, Peg? You haven't left yet. All right, go ahead. <laughs> a couple points. I watched the Sound of Freedom, that movie, that a lot of controversy going on. Right. And uh, it hit my heart, Glenn, because why do we give free pass? the powerful rich, the politicians, especially a former president called Bill Clinton. Is Bill Clinton mentioned in the movie? Well, he's on Jeffrey Epstein's book. Oh, okay. He went to the island. Right, so, right. Um, there's many others. So why do we Jimmy Kimmel's one of them. powerful rich higher than people that don't have bags of money? <laughs> Because money talks, actually, money trumps everything else. Money and power, that's the way it is. Let's face it, you know, money killed uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He didn't kill himself. Somehow, the, 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 the ooh, that was thunder. So, wow, listen to that. Uh, um, what, what, another thing, um, um, Glenn, is a couple weeks ago, they're talking about the mayor signs. Uh, Sarah Campo and Lisa. Right. If you're going to be a leader, stop being like a kid. And, and pull up your big pants and yeah. start putting the future of the city first and not themselves. One last thing, identity. It was uh, in the paper. The city is missing their identity. Identity. So what do you think about that? Go ahead. The city's missing their identity? What, what, what was their identity? Can you can you clarify what it was that we that we apparently lost? <laughs> what was it? Well, back at, well, the birth of the city back in the early 1900s. The rich people, yeah. millionaires, used to live here and built this city upon money. Right. And they left. Mm-hmm. And could you tell me why why the city is in condition it is and why the, the investors yep. left this city and didn't come back? Okay, I tell you what. Can I answer that off the air? Because I'm going to need some time to, to answer that, if that's okay with you, Jason. And, and it's a good yeah. question. I want to answer it off air for you, okay? All right. All right. And just listen to me, though, okay? All right, thanks. I said, that's Jason. All right. So he asked a very simple question. I know a little bit about this town. And what I'm talking about isn't just Watertown. It's the Northeast. And, and, and we see it in so many ways. All right. Let's start. Um, one, the expansion of America really didn't happen. I mean, yes, we were, we, you know, uh, Lewis and Clark, uh, early uh, 1800s, 1805. 
um, you know, the Louisiana Purchase, and they went all the way to Oregon, blah, blah, blah. They went with the Indians. They went with a couple of slaves. And that was that story still hasn't been told in, in Hollywood because they certainly couldn't tell these days. Actually, they could. And then people would hate Lewis and Clark forever and wouldn't go to the exhibit in St. Louis that I saw last year. It was the only place that was air-conditioned. That's neither here nor there. So his question is, what happened to early 19th or 20th century uh, uh, Watertown from the 1900s? Well, I'll tell you. One industry was here from the beginning. We had a lot of trees. We had potash as the first leading manufactured entity. Potash, by the way, is an extract from ash from burning trees. It created soap, other things, household products. We sold a lot of it to Canadians. We sold a lot of it to uh, Britain as well uh, and other areas. And it really built what Watertown ultimately became, an, an epicenter of northern, northern New York, uh, unseen years earlier, because remember, this place wasn't settled until 1800, and the whole scheme of things that was yesterday, and it was 25 years or so, 24 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Remember, it was New York State was still part of the uh, original 13 colonies, and yet uh, this area really wasn't inhabited because it was too cold, it was way, way too rainy. They said this was the place that had a black cloud over it, you know, basically the same things that we see today, right? Okay, so then... Things progressed, and the 20th century comes along. There's a lot of industry around here, a lot of uh, paper manufacturers, not just for paper, but machinery, like Bagley and Sewell, actually built printing presses, a lot of which that were distributed and sold around the whole world, including, you guessed it, Stalin's uh, Russia back in the 1950s. So that, that company continued. You could still see the buildings there today on Factory Street. But... From what I understand, when I interviewed uh, Alex Duffy, who was born in 1900, and I asked him the question, when did Watertown start turning to, to you know, I guess, in a negative dive? And I thought his answer would be the, the Depression, but it wasn't. In fact, it was uh, right around World War I, which, of course, as we know, was what, what 1915 through 1917. And uh, at that point, a lot of the then-established paper companies were moving out. There were strikes, there were protests, there were all types of uh, things. People weren't getting uh, decent wages. And these guys just picked up and said, well, we don't want to do it. We'll go to Alabama. We'll go to Georgia. We'll go to other states. You know, we often think that all this migration of northern industries went uh, south during our, our lifetime. That was not the case. In fact, even in the latter part of the 19th century, there was a sewing machine company here. And no, it wasn't Singer. It was another sewing machine. And they moved to Dayton, Ohio, I believe in 1888, 1889. Think about that. We don't want to be here. It's too cold. We can't, you know, we don't have enough coal to come up here. The cost of living. Who knows? Who knows who was screwing up things out of Albany back then? But they said, we're going to move somewhere else because they promised us no taxes. They say, this is going to be a great place. We have a lot of women here that give it up. No, just kidding. And they moved to Dayton, Ohio. 1888. And it happened again in uh, uh, right around uh, the teens, 1915 through 19. This is what Alex Duffy said. Remember, Alex Duffy was an historian, plus he was a living figure from 1900 to 1999. And I sat with him in 1999, like five months before he passed. He did not see his 100th birthday. And he, he talked to me about a lot of things. He said the Depression was a sad time, but he and others said the Depression really didn't hit this area as much as the urban settings were because of the overpopulated cities like New York, Boston, Philly. They just had nowhere to work and nowhere to live. And it was really exhausting for the urban centers. So 
Getting back to Jason's original question, when did we go wrong? Well, it started there, but really cascaded when we had liberal policies out of uh, out of uh, Albany. So let's jump ahead. You got um, you got Nelson Rockefeller, who became our governor sometime in the mid uh, late sixties, mid sixties, right through the early part of the sixties. Hugh Carey took over, and then uh, uh, Mario Cuomo took after him, and we just kept on getting becoming more and more of a welfare state and uh, a baby state. And it just got worse. This is the state called the Empire State. This is the state that created Chicago. Let me explain. In 1825, when, when they built the Erie Canal, which was a major feat. It was called Clinton's Ditch at the time. And this was the first part of the 19th century. That were, they were started in Albany, went along the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Mohawk River, and created the Erie Canal. Why did they call it the Erie Canal? Because the destination was to get to Lake Erie. And once they were able to do that, that would open up the entire Midwest uh, to trade and manufacturing and, and, and services and goods. Think about that. You are in New York City, and you don't know how to get your products to the Midwest. You can get it on a—at on a, that point— uh, trains existed, but they really there weren't many of them because uh, railroads didn't start until later on in the 19th century. You know, they just didn't have that technology to do that. So there was no means other than you know getting in. I don't know, just getting in a horse and cabby and just trying to get your products out to the Midwest. The expansion of America obviously had gone on, uh, and this obviously prior to the uh, to the Civil War. So let me let me just say this: the Empire State became the Empire State in 1825, a magnificent feat to create the Erie Canal. People died building it, but the engineering and the spirit that came from that not only enabled us to be the Empire State, not just because of New York City, but because of the Erie Canal. And as a result of that, Chicago became the number one city in the Midwest, or for that matter, the country outside of New York. St. Louis up until that point was supposed to be the Chicago of America, but because of the Erie Canal, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, and other cities prospered. New York State built the rest of this country. We built Los Angeles. We built Miami. Sorry. And we built a lot of things. We know that. We built Hollywood. We built Las Vegas. And we, we, we did everything. But then we just gave it all up, became a nanny state, a welfare state. And uh, we got some great things going on right now uh, that we, we have that Micron uh, uh, company being built as we speak outside Syracuse. That's going to that's gonna be a huge game changer. Rochester still prospers but it has a major crime issue. There's over, over 2,000 car thefts in the first six, seven months in Rochester from the urban uh, 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 blight uh, residents, and I put it lightly that way. Syracuse is a mess. Albany is a mess. It's just, it's just disgusting what happened to us. But just bear in mind that we are not only the Empire State, we're not only New York State, we are America. We are, not to mention our contribution to the victory of Civil War because we manufactured so many things here, uh, the guns and the arsenal and everything, a, a lot of things uh, during that time period as well. So hopefully that answered your question. We used to be great. We could still be great. But at this point, we're not going to be great. Would a guy like Senator Mark Walzik be a great governor of New York State? You bet your ass he would. He would be a great governor of New York State. Is Senator Mark Walzik, does he have a chance to be governor of New York State? Not even close. Repeat, not even close. Governor Hochul, an unbelievable libtard, is going to be our ongoing mess in Albany 
probably for at least another 11, 12 years or so, at least three more terms until President Xi takes over the country. I got to do another break. Hopefully that answered Jason Trainer's question, and we'll be back right after this. Watertown Appliance is hiring. Watertown Appliance on Factory Street. Northern News and 4. Uh, welcome back. Okay, I got a little... Uh, someone obviously was listening to me when I went on my tirade about New York State. little trivia from this particular listener. Largest port back in the day was Montreal before Erie Canal. One more time. The largest port at that point prior to the opening of the Erie Canal in 1825 was uh, Montreal. Here's something else. The Black River Canal, which I failed to mention, was built after, I think they started construction of the of the Erie Canal like a 10 years later. Got up here, I believe, in the 18, I can't really remember right now, but as a result of, of uh, the Black River Canal, which was an offshoot, and there were others, by the way, there was another canal uh, in uh, Ulster County. Uh, it's incredible, because I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with Ulster County, Kerhunks and Ellenville, Kingston. And I remember that was, you know, they built prisons there. They built Napanock there and they had a canal there and they would bring the, you know, the rocks from other areas. It's just, it's just amazing what man did without anything. And now today it takes three months uh, to, to, to build a bridge over Route 81 at least. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not discrediting those guys. Those guys are great, but man, it takes a long time to build things these days. But uh, okay. So uh, the Black River Canal was open, I believe in, I don't know, probably 1850, somewhere thereabouts, maybe earlier. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, a lot of great things happened in Watertown. The, the growth in Watertown really, uh, just imagine, just imagine being isolated, which essentially we still are. Former Congressman John McHugh said, Watertown's not 70 miles away from Syracuse. Watertown's 70 years from Syracuse. That's, someone said that. Uh, they heard, heard him say that in person, not to, to you know, downplay the, the great Congressman John McHugh, but he was correct. We've come a long way since then. The internet has basically put everyone back on the same time frame. But the era, the Black River Canal certainly changed things. And by 1856, we had, as a result of, of the canal prior to that, we also built one of the first railroad systems in the Northeast. Prior to that, there were others. There was one out of Baltimore, Washington, maybe one in Pennsylvania. I can't remember. My memory doesn't serve me right today. But uh, it was, one, the, believe it or not, the, the railroad system uh, in northern New York that essentially followed the Erie Canal and then went up to where we are was one of the first in the country uh, before the Civil War. So if you had a railroad syndicate or you know, uh, uh, area uh, uh, transporting this, that, and the other thing, you were way ahead of the curve. Down south, south of the Mason-Dixon line, uh, their railroad beds were, were were tighter. Their cars were smaller. They weren't built the same with the same. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to say um, it's not steel at the point. Steel came later, but whatever. They they just weren't advanced as we are. That's why we kicked their ass during the Civil War. But because they had so much American spirit in them, and a lot of Irish people who came over from Ireland and other countries, it lasted four years. But the Black River Canal put Watertown on the map. In fact, we had the New York State Fair here twice where the uh, Greek um, church is off Franklin Street. Is that Gotham or Franklin? I can't remember. I think it's Franklin Street. Believe it or not, the New York State Fair was here twice in 1856 and 1858, right at the opening when Hungerford uh, built uh, the, uh, the railroad. Unfortunately, Hungerford died the day it opened. It's, it's so many tragic things with, with movers and shakers. Washington, who built the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Brooklyn Bridge, um, William Shepard, who created our organized or our, 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 our system of government, 
Uh, he died like a day after we, we started our, our current system of government in Watertown City Council. And Hungerford died basically at the time when they inaugurated or, or basically opened up the railroad system up here. It's, just a, it's, it's a horrible thing. And then there was another guy prior to the, um, the building of the Brooklyn Bridge. He was out there scouting the area where the bridge would, go, would, would be. I don't know if he was on the Brooklyn side or the Manhattan side. But he was standing there, and he was, he was like a prospector, I guess. He was saying, this is where it's going to be. And then, sure enough, uh, something hit him, a boat coming into the pier, and killed him. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just so, so sad. A visionary, a guy that was at the, you know, the infancy of, of, of yet another great engineering feat, the Brooklyn Bridge, which still stands today. And yet other bridges have to be corrected, have to be fixed every 10, 20 years. It's amazing how we were and how we are. Couple of minutes left if you want to chime in. By all means, 755-1240. Don't forget the 315 area code. 755-1240. I heard a little bit about the guys uh, of, uh, from rather, the guys who replaced Rush Limbaugh. Clay and the other guy. Not bad. Pretty good. You know, they're, 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 very, they're very entertaining. I think we got a lot of good conservative uh, voices out there. Like I said, Glenn Beck had a very compelling show today. Um... And there's others that I that I hear, you know, in the Syracuse area when I was down there the other day. Uh, just good stuff, real good stuff. I don't know where they're originating from, but there's a lot of good voices nonetheless. Hi, hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. Happy Friday, TGIF. What? I just wanted to say something about the canals and stuff. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's not from the area, it's really cool for the Black River Canal, which is made a long time ago. Yeah. When you drive up to Boonville, they right. still have some of the locks right. where it changes the boat level. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of cool. And also the the new Seaway, St. Lawrence Seaway, right. you know, you right. still go see those locks, too, for anybody that's never done it. Uh, I agree. John, I got to go, but I'm glad you met, you brought that up. John, have a good weekend. Thanks for that. I, I, that's going to finish my show as a result of your call. I appreciate that. I really do. Because that engineering spirit that we had at such an early part of our existence— in the early part of the 19th century, uh, we were able to build things years later, like, you know, the, the uh, Eisenhower locks, you know, the St. Lawrence Seaway. Obviously, that came later. But more importantly, that engineering spirit and the know-how on how to do that, engineer it correctly, the French were screwing up the Panama Canal for so many years, lost so many of their own people. Tens of thousands of people were dying of disease, typhoid, just awful things. And um, we went down there, we built it in like three years. And thus, we took control of it under, I believe, Roosevelt. If I could be wrong on that. But it was that spirit and engineering. Uh, again, these are all immigrants that were coming over and said, this is how we do it in Italy. This is how we do it in Germany. This is how we do it in Scandinavia. Okay, what about the Irish guys? They don't know how to do anything, but boy, they work their asses off. Let's bring them in here as well. And they built, a lot, they built America. We don't do that as much anymore. We still build things, don't get me wrong. But we don't have that spirit, which is, which is sad. And New York State certainly lost that spirit a long, long time ago. Hochul's never going to bring it back. Never going to bring it back. I got to get out of this. We're uh, uh, concluding uh, this Friday edition of the Live at Five show. I want to thank everyone for calling in. I also want to thank News Junkie for putting up my latest downtown news with uh, lovely Delaney uh, uh, at Spokes. AM 1240, WA10, Watertown makes this legal. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on.